The Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked absolutely awful as the Dallas Cowboys dominated the game, beating the Buccaneers 31 to 14 and possibly ending Tom Brady's time in Tampa. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, man? Welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you are watching live. We thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my fantastic co-host, Mr. David Harrison, who covers your Buccaneers for Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com. And you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. The way he introduced me is not what the script says, by the way. I just want everybody to know that. The script says something much, much meaner than uh, what he actually said. Today's episode of LockedOnBucks presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less in their PrizePix projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First-time users, you get a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with the promo code locked on, all one word, all caps. Pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. Thanks again. Thanks as always for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listen or your first view of the day. It is 12 12 a.m. Eastern time. Literally the first thing you're doing on Tuesday morning if you're still with us, at least on the East Coast. Uh, we do greatly appreciate it. First and foremost, before we get into the rest of this conversation, I uh, just want to send out our hopes and our prayers for Russell Gage, who left the game with uh, what looks like a neck injury. Uh, these injuries are the worst part of the game. And and obviously, we hope that he's okay first and foremost and gets to suit up uh, next year, whether it be for the Bucs or for any other NFL team, just you know for his own health and safety. So obviously, that's what we want to start off with. But there was a game played, and unfortunately, it does end the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season following a 31-14 to loss to the Dallas Cowboys, who will now travel to San Francisco to face the fighting Brock Purdy's in the divisional round. Now, the talk on Monday Night Football, James, on the broadcast booth, and I don't want to go as far as be like, this is just Troy Aikman being a Cowboys guy, because I want to give Troy more credit than that. I know some people don't, and that's fine, but I want to give Troy a little bit more credit than that. But the, the conversation, and I saw it on Twitter as well from a lot of national you know, talking heads, whatever you want to call them, just how well the Cowboys really played. and And words like, you know, going up against a quarterback like Tom Brady, going up against a defense coached by Todd Bowles, like this is really impressive. And da 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 da. I'm not really that kind of guy, and we're not really that kind of show that likes to take things away from opponents, right? And the opposing team, like the opposing team, goes out there and earns wins and all that stuff. But I feel like this game, James, not to take anything away from the Cowboys, not a lot of Cowboys fans are going to watch this show, so I think it's a safe place for Bucks people to talk about this. I don't feel like the Dallas Cowboys won that game 100%. But I'm not saying the Buccaneers lost it 100% either. So my question to you is, where is that percentage to you? How much of this game was won by the Cowboys? How much of it was lost by the Buccaneers doing things that we've been seeing them do this entire season? I honestly, you you approached this topic with me when when we first sat down together. And my first immediate thought was, this was a 50-50 split. The Buccaneers blew this just as much as the Cowboys won it. And look, it, it, it goes back to stuff that we've talked about all season long. 
coaches not adjusting. The Cowboys figured out the Bucks defense in a real quick hurry. And I saw Dan Orlovsky on Twitter, and I think it was a fair point, that the Cowboys got going once they went into the hurry up. And he said that he felt that Kellen Moore, the offense coordinator, had the Bucks hand signals figured out. And that's how they were communicating. They were communicating with hand signals, and all of a sudden, Dak Prescott started picking the defense apart. They were marching with ease. Dalton Schultz had a great game. But I really, truly feel like the Buccaneers were, they were not playing their best by any means, but Dallas did exactly what Dallas was supposed to do. And they took advantage of the Buccaneers' miscues. Now, there were miscues by Dallas that the Buccaneers didn't take advantage of. And if you're able to take advantage of those, maybe we're having a different conversation right now. But I, I think Dallas won it as much as Tampa lost it because of exactly that reason, that Dallas did what they are supposed to do when you're a 12-win football team and they took advantage of the shortcomings of the defense and put points on the board. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's absolutely fair. I think I give a little bit more credit to Dallas in this one uh, than maybe you are, and you know, and, you know that's fine. I the beholder and all that stuff. I'm going to give 70% of this win to the Dallas Cowboys because as much as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hurt themselves and as much as you know they they were playing undisciplined i still got to give credit just kind of like how you did to kellen moore uh, the offense coordinator into the dallas cowboys for taking advantage of those things like we've seen this buccaneers defense lose contain on edge runs and quarterback runs and and coverage and all that stuff before but other teams don't have the weapons they don't have the ability or they don't have the play calling to really thoroughly take advantage of it so i do want to give credit to the dallas cowboys for seeing it and then taking advantage of that fourth down touchdown run by Dak Prescott, the play action is that's a prime example. You know what I mean? Kellen Moore says, okay, these guys don't want to contain. Let's take advantage of it, suck them inside, and then we will uh run around KJ Britt, who uh confusingly enough was on the field for that play. That, that's um, why I'm over here like rubbing my face. Like, yeah. why is KJ Britt even in the game at that point? No yeah. disrespect to Britt, but come on. Oh, no, look, we love KJ. KJ's a great dude, a lot of potential, a lot of you know, a lot of good football in his future for sure. But he's not there yet. He's not wild card round, fourth down and goal. No. You, you should not be the contained guy on that play. So you give him 50-50. I give him 70-30. Either way, the Dallas Cowboys win this game, regardless of how much the Buccaneers gave them and how much they took. They're going on to San Francisco. So in your mind, James, we talked a lot about coming into this game, what the Bucs would need to do in order to win. Where do you think this thing really turned on its head and the Buccaneers ultimately lost control of what was going to happen? No question at all. It was the interception in the end zone thrown by Tom Brady. Look, I mean, the Bucs had a masterful drive going, marching right down the field, picking up first downs, converting key third downs. Brady was starting to look sharp. They looked like they were getting into a rhythm. Then all of a sudden, Brady's under a little bit of pressure, throws the ball off the back foot. Chris Godwin goes one way. Brady thinks he's going to cut across the back of the end zone over the middle, and it's easily intercepted. So that that swings it from you know a, a six to nothing game where the Bucs can take the lead right there. And instead, you then allow Dallas to get back into it mentally. They're they're not sitting there saying, oh no, here we go again. We take a lead and then we let them march right down the field and take that lead right back. And it just turned everything on its head. And it seemed like from that moment on, Dallas could do no wrong, especially according to the refs, but we're not going to get into that conversation today. And then Tampa couldn't do anything right. Yeah, no, that, I think I think everybody would agree that's the turning point. You know what I mean? Like, that's where the game went from being competitive 
to, oh man, this thing might get out of hand. And so I'll give my turning point based off of that was the Dallas, the second Dallas touchdown, which was the drive that came off that interception, 15 plays, 90 yards. They lost 10 yards on a penalty. Like technically they only gained 80 net yards, but they lost 10 yards on a penalty. So they gained that back. So they even added a little bit of difficulty to themselves. 90 yards all on the drive, five first downs, three or four on third downs. And of course, the fourth down conversion. So that is going to be my turning point. But yeah, obviously it all stems from that interception in the back of the end zone. And Tom, you know, I tweeted out during the game, he was smacking himself, absolutely knew uh, that that was absolutely on him. So uh, a lot to talk about moving forward. Look, we're not going to, we're not going to harp on this game too much. We, hmm. You guys watched it. You guys know what happened. The season is over there. It, it's the same Buccaneers we've seen all season long. So what we're going to really focus on now is kind of moving forward so we're going to do our same post game stash it trash it we're going to do game balls but we're going to start our season review guys we're going to dive into what the season looked like it's not a one-shot thing it's going, to, it's going to be a long off season with a lot of things to go but james before we kick over to that i do want to give a shout out to everybody joining us in the live uh youtube chat channel jonas john brent jy uh prodigy i don't know why but i feel inappropriate saying the first part of that weapon x who's apparently a cowboys fan but is now subscribed to locked on bucks podcast we appreciate you appreciate you uh and jose as well so thank you to all of you thank you to all you watching even if you're not chatting because you can't or you won't uh and of course everybody who's listening later on or viewing later on we definitely uh, appreciate you as well brent or no john says it's the first time he's seen us on youtube and yeah. we don't look like what he expected um i've heard that before sorry to i just... never know whether or not to say that as an insult or a compliment or it's just kind of an is what it is type of thing james yeah well and i was going to shout out john he said uh you know he's excited for the creamsicle jersey i tweeted out from the bucks nation twitter account that it was a good thing that the creamsicle jerseys are coming back next year so that they will appropriately reflect the play on the field by the players wearing them but yeah thanks to everybody in the chat shout out weapon x88 good luck to your cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers. Appreciate you jumping in here. And like you said, David, we are going to turn the page to the season review because there is plenty to talk about here starting tonight on this live episode of Locked on Bucks. And this episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Just pick two to five players, and if they will score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you against the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport you can watch, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, disc golf, MMA, Euro basketball, and much more. They have safe and fast withdrawals currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Just download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50. Just don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, guys, time for our season-ending Stash It and Trash It segment. What we want to see carry over to next season from this year, what we want to see left behind from this year to next year as well. Sorry, I clicked <laughs> the wrong button there. Uh, while you're listening to this, please subscribe to Locked On NFL Podcast. Get your daily conversation on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games 
with NFL key predictions every Friday. And Monday, local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Lots on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. And just like us, they will be here uh, the entire offseason as well. So make sure you're tuned into Locked On NFL. James, season any stash and trash it. I'm going to kick it off here. And I'm going to stash the Buccaneers' young talent. They've got a lot of young talent to build around, and it is legitimate talent. I'm talking guys like Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield Jr., Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. By the way, Carlton Davis, one of the best man coverage guys, according to PFF and the stat box. Jamel Dean, good and man, one of the better zone coverage guys. So they've got a kind of a combination of both at their, at their bookends. Rashad White did some good things. Chris Godwin. Uh, not real happy about the fumble issues there at the end of the season, but we're just going to kind of hope that's a temporary issue that he fixes in the offseason. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, obviously, and then even tight end Kate Otten uh, did a lot of good things. And there's some other good, young, talented guys, right? But that's kind of, to me, that's a little bit of a nucleus. You've got multiple levels of offense and defense here they can build around. They're all 27 years or younger. And then even going outside of that, Mike Evans is just going to be turning 30 during next preseason. So I know 30 is like the deadly number for NFL players, but I think he's doing pretty good. Um, so this team has a lot of talent. Tom Brady or no Tom Brady? I know we got a question uh, about Tom Brady coming back or not coming back. We're going to dive more into the future of this team on our Friday episode. We'll be going live again Friday. We'll have Evan Klosky for WTSP Wednesday tomorrow. I'm sure he is going to talk plenty about the future of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. We got nothing but, uh, but time to talk about that. Yeah. So, so come back Friday, James, and I are going to start our dive into the coaching staff and, of course, into Tom Brady and what we think the future might hold for uh, both sides of that conversation. Yeah, and real quick, before I get to my stash, I want to shout out Yehuda. Uh, I apologize if I mispronounced that in the chat saying after so many forgettable seasons, I'm happy with three straight playoff appearances, one ending in a championship. I hate how it ended, but I love this team. Let's go. And you know what, David, you and I have talked about that numerous times. It's like, yeah, this was a disappointing season. They went eight and nine, but we're talking about a team that's been to the playoffs three straight seasons. They've won the division back to back years. And how how long have you and I been covering this team with no playoff appearances? And in those playoff appearances go back even further than us covering this team. So, yeah, it's it's not the ending that you want. But 14 teams get into this tournament. One ends up happy at the very end. Yeah, this is so, my eighth season writing or speaking or both about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the third time we got to do it into January and not just because the regular season got extended. So, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely thankful for the experiences, even if they don't go the way that we always want them to. Yeah. I'm around eight or nine. I'm, I'm right. I'm right there with you. Uh, my stash it is going to be Chris Godwin being the focal point of the offense. And I say that because we we've seen now numerous times and Chris Godwin extended his own active streak of consecutive games with five or more receptions. He's up to 15 in a row. Now it's the longest active streak in the NFL of games of five or more receptions. And he is the guy he, and don't, don't yell at me. You all know that I love Mike Evans and I will put Mike Evans up against just about any wide receiver in the NFL. But when it comes to, those clutch third downs, when it comes to you have to gain some yards, when it comes to those tough over-the-middle crossing routes, it's Chris Godwin. And Godwin has been Brady's guy basically since Brady walked in the door. He has been hyper-targeted, finished the year, including this, this playoff matchup, with 114 receptions, 1,108 
yards. It was an absolutely phenomenal season by Chris Godwin. Those numbers probably pale in comparison to what he could have done last year had it not been for the injury. But Chris Godwin makes this offense tick. And that needs to continue to be the focal point moving forward. And David, you just pointed out another reason why. We love Mike Evans. We want to see him keep getting those thousand yard seasons, but he's going to be turning 30 years old during the preseason. And Chris Godwin, you know, and people might get upset, but you and I agree on this point that Chris Godwin is the better, more talented all around receiver compared to Mike Evans. It's not to say Evans isn't talented, but Chris Godwin needs to be kind of that guy moving right. forward. Yeah, absolutely. Real quick, Billy in the live chat talks about letting Alex Kappa walk, uh, not paying him and bringing Russell Gage in the first place. Look, we all were, uh, were not happy to see Alex Kappa uh, go. Russell Gage was kind of billed to be that Antonio Brown replacement. Obviously, it didn't really work out from an injury or consistency standpoint. But yeah, I mean, you have a point. Uh, look, 2022, Alex Kappa made $6.7 million. Russell Gage made 5.6. You're talking the difference of a million bucks. 2023, uh, Russell Gage is scheduled to make 12.1. Alex Kappa, 8.7. So that's quite the difference there that the Buccaneers are spending more to arguably get less from a holistic point of view. So uh, good point there from Billy uh, and Ryan. We appreciate you as well coming through and, and showing us some love. We appreciate all you guys. Although also John confirmed uh, our appearance condiment was on an insult, just an observation. I'm going to trash any inclination that this team is a yearly go for it all team. James, we've seen franchises do this throughout the years in the national football league. The Los Angeles Rams are kind of the most recent example of, you know what? Keep your own guys, but bring in, the veteran guys, bring in the Von Millers, bring in the Matt Staffords, trade all your draft capital, do all this, do all that. I would like to see this. I'm not saying no veterans, right? I'm not even saying like not a veteran quarterback at all, depending on what happens with Tom. But I don't want to see this team completely mortgage the future in order to try to get back to the Super Bowl just this season, unless there's another Tom Brady type of guy out there that really just has that kind of an impact. Because of what we saw this season was especially up front on that offensive line. Uh, look, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, you guys, if you've been listening to us long enough, you know, I, I'm a big fan of their, their work and have learned a lot from both of those guys individually and collectively. They always say it's really hard to be a good team when you're bad in the trenches. It's really hard to be a bad team when you're good in the trenches. Going back to that Alex Kappa signing, like this team has some work to do. You know what I mean? Whether it's it, Ryan Jensen, we love him, but Ryan Jensen alone isn't going to fix all these protection issues. And you're not drafting CJ Stroud. You're not drafting Bryce Young. Your next quarterback, main. I don't know. Lamar Jackson's kind of a wild card, but he's you know your next quarterback probably isn't going to be the most athletic running guy. Like you're you you might be looking at a Blaine Gabbard or a Kyle Trask or even maybe a Jimmy G or something like that. And again, we'll get into those conversations later. But what I don't want to see is this team. You know, if the Ravens do franchise tag Lamar Jackson, you go send three th three firsts and a third, and I don't know Chris Godwin or some craziness to to get him. I don't want to see them making that all or nothing type of move because I don't think this team is in that position anymore. No, and I, I think the only caveat that you can throw in there is if Brady returns for one more year, then right. you're in a you're all in for one more year. Yeah. And then, you know, it's it's moving on and, and kind of that rebuilding thing. But I'm I'm with you. I I don't want this to turn into an annual thing where it's it's all or nothing because eventually it is going to catch up with you and it is going to cause you know, even more extended frustrations as you have to build from the ground up. You're paying money for players that aren't on your team anymore. It turns into uh, uh, quite a problem. Uh, my trash it is 
the offensive game plan, and we can get into the coaching discussion later on. Um, running on obvious running downs and out of obvious running formations. Lack of play action. Not pushing the ball down the field. The Dallas Cowboys were the worst team in the NFL at allowing explosive plays, and the Bucs tried it once, and it scored a touchdown. Well, no, I take that back. They tried it twice. Should have scored two touchdowns. Uh, the, the pass to Mike Evans was a little bit long off his fingertips, but the first time they try it, Julio Jones, boom, touchdown. And, and the fact that they were so conservative and so concerned all the time, and I get it. Luke Gedeke was getting whooped on. Donovan Smith was getting whooped on. And there, there wasn't the time to sit back there and, and wait for those receivers to get down the field. But then that plays into adjustments. Why aren't you lining up a tight end next to Donovan Smith to give him some help? Why don't you have Leonard Fournette in the backfield ready to uh, blow Micah Parsons up like he did in week one? All of this. It's, it was the same offensive game plan every single week, regardless of the opponent. I mean, Chris Godwin led the NFL, I don't think it surprises anyone, in wide receiver screens. I think, what was it? He had like 24 this season, 24, 27, something ridiculous like that. This season uh, or this weekend? Yeah. Um, it was it, it was bad. And it never changed. It never, ever wavered from everything 10 yards or less, three shots over 20 yards a game. And you're not going to succeed. You are not going to succeed in today's NFL with that kind of offensive game plan. So Byron either needs to get his head on straight or something needs to be done about that. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Look, it was a down year for the Buccaneers. That's just the, the truth of it. But it doesn't mean that the season was completely full of negatives. We are going to hand out some final game balls for the season. And we're going to do a little bit of a special wrap up to the season. We've got our individual special game balls. I told James and go wherever he wants to with this game ball. So we'll see what he came up with. All that is coming up next on Locked on Bucks. And this episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on our final post-game edition of the Locked on Bucks podcast of 2022. And um, we are going to hand out some end-of-the-season game balls and so we we usually when david and i do these game balls we do it as a collective we've done that again but then we're also giving our own personal game balls at the very end so david i'm gonna kick it over to you who gets our uh it's it's kind of like the the three stars uh in in hockey but who comes in third place in our in our game ball presentation here yeah it's kind of a crossover it's like nfl hockey type of crossbreed award real quick ash in the live chat we do not do live call-ins on this show uh we did used to do voicemails but the transition to this new streaming service has been terrible for the voicemails if you would like to record a voice memo like on your phone and email it to us the email address will get dropped at the end of the show we're more than happy 
to receive those. Or if you just want to hammer really hard on your keyboard and email us, uh, we will be more than happy to read. Uh, we definitely like to uh, to let Bucks fans air their grievances or their support or their questions on the show. So absolutely, please reach out to us. Uh, but unfortunately, as of right now, we do not uh, we do not do live phone calls. If you want to tweet at Brent Allen, however, and get him to help us do live phone calls on the show, I know he knows how to do that. Brent, not Brent Allen, but Brent Brentazings for him. Um, I think I said that right. Uh, is sharing in the live chat. This is unconfirmed by Locked On Bucks, but apparently Pewter Report on Twitter is pretty reliable, right? Uh, report, reporting that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are expected to fire uh, Byron Leftwich. And they, then Ash dropped a live comment that I am not going to repeat on the air because this is a family show. Uh, game ball number three, real quick, James. I'm just going to be super quick. Yeah. Jake Camarda, rookie punter, top five in punting averages among NFL punters, tied for a fourth with a long of 74 yards jay camarda we all laughed when jason light drafted another kicker type player right uh but jay camarda and i can tell you from covering the washington commanders a punter can be very very valuable so jay camarda uh, our third game ball of the season go ahead james yeah and and real quick uh based on the the comment about pewter report pewter report has been pretty consistent over the course of about the last month and a half that they believed that that byron left which was going to be fired until um until it officially happens, you know, we're we're not going to speculate on it right this moment. But Scott Reynolds, uh, our friend Bailey Adams over there, Matt Matera, they they do a great job. They're tied in. So maybe it is it is indeed happening, but we don't know for sure quite yet. Uh, the second game ball that we are giving out this year is Antoine Winfield Jr. We've been David real high on Antoine Winfield Jr. all year long. And he's missed some games with injury. We were both pretty steadfast in the belief that if he did not suffer those injuries, he was on course for an all-pro season. Maybe second team, that's where Tristan Wirfs ended up. But still, he was going to get some recognition for what he was doing. And when we were talking about this, you were like, well, he didn't lead the team in anything. No, he didn't. But he did have an incredible season. Look, he was targeted the most times this season than he had been in the previous two years of his career. And that was even with missing time allowed the lowest completion percentage when targeted of his career. And we're talking by almost 10%. He was absolutely shutting it down. Uh, it was the lowest yards per target he had allowed as a professional football player. It was the fewest yards allowed. Uh, as a professional football player. So Antoine Winfield Jr. making some huge strides in pass coverage. And of course, we know how opportunistic he can be. You know, he got, uh, what was it? I think two interceptions this year, had a, a forced fumble, had a fumble recovery or two okay. all over the place, had some big time sacks throughout the year. And of course, doing all of it while battling injury. Antoine Winfield Jr., to me, was probably the best defensive player of the season. You can easily make the argument that it was Vita Vea, and I will not push you on that, but Antoine really popped off this year, and it was great to see. Yeah, uh, Vita Vea, 3-4 nose tackle, leading his team in sacks. That's both a great thing for Vita Vea and a very bad thing for a lot of other people. Uh, game ball number one is going to go to Mike Evans. 77 yeah. catches, 1,124 yards, extending his own record, and then becoming one of just three players uh, to have nine straight thousand yard receiving seasons. In the NFL can break that record next year, which we both look forward to him doing and six touchdowns, not the greatest touchdown total in the world, but 
six touchdowns. Mike Evans, you know, absolute warrior for this team. Look, some bad drops. We get it. Like he wasn't perfect. Nobody was perfect on this list, right? But he wasn't perfect. Um, but definitely continuing to show his value, even when this team is doing poorly. Mike Evans is doing well at an NFL record-setting level. So, James, let's get to our final game balls of the season. We got. I am giving mine to Robert Hainsey. And look, this is a guy, and I've talked about him a lot this year. For those of you that have listened, for those of you that are new, I'm going to kind of rehash a little bit of it. But this is a guy that was put in, in nearly an impossible position. He was drafted out of Notre Dame where he played guard. The Buccaneers said, guess what? You're going to play center. Uh, good luck. And he's learned how to do that. And not only did he learn how to do that, but he had to fill in for an all-pro center who injured his knee on the second day of training camp. And I feel that is, as much as the protection was rough this year, uh, as difficult as it was for the Buccaneers to run the ball this year, Robert Hainsey stepped up, played a position he had never played in his life, and did so in a very admirable fashion. I think he played incredibly well. He, to me, showed that he can be a starting center in the NFL for anybody. And I, I believe that he's due a lot of credit, deserves a lot of credit for the way that he played. So I wanted to take this opportunity and say, you know what, Robert, guest of the show back in training camp, here's your game ball. You had one hell of a season. And, uh, you know, Bucks fans appreciate everything that you did. Yeah, listen, you know, nobody's going to run Ryan Jensen out of town because of, of Robert, but I think he stepped into a very difficult situation. It's hard to, to step in for a guy that everybody loves, you know, teammates, coaches, fans, media, like everybody loves Ryan Jensen. Just, it doesn't matter what your relationship is to him. He's he's a great dude. Um, so as great as it was to see him on there, I think Robert Hansey deserves a lot of love uh, for being thrust into that position and doing really as as well uh, as, as he did. My final game ball, I'm going to take a little bit of time here um, not too long, though. We do have to get out of here. But those of you who have been with us for quite a while know that my sports duties have kind of shifted over the last couple of years. And I've added coverage of the Washington Commanders here at the last couple of years. Well, this season was my first opportunity to cover an NFL team daily. I've been to training camp with the Buccaneers, been to plenty of games, scouting combines, senior bowls, doing all that stuff. And, and no, I'm wrong. It's all great. But I don't live in Florida, as some of you know already, and like to call out every once in a while when you disagree with something I say. Um, <laughs> but I do live in Virginia. So that is the reason, if anybody was curious, why I started also covering the Commanders, that is the reason why they're the team that's closest to me. So obviously that makes the most sense. And this year I was able to do it every single day. Practices, training camps, press conferences, games, locker room. It was great. And, and I could not have done it without James Yarko, my <laughs> co-host on Lockdown Bucks who covered – so many post-game episodes without me because I'm either at FedEx or I'm at another stadium or covered episodes for me because I was late at practice or delayed because locker rooms happen late or something like that. And it, it's been a challenge, guys, to, to, to give you guys full, honest opinions, analysis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers while also being fully covering uh, another NFL team. It has been a challenge all season long, and I could not have done it even. And I, and I guarantee you, I, you know, there, there are obviously flaws in, in some of the things that I did. But it would not even even been as good as it was uh, if it were not for James Jarko. So, James Jarko, you get my final game ball of the season, sir. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. And I just want to make it known that, you know, 
we've been doing this together for a long time. And, um, you know, over the course of that, you have become one of my dearest friends. I, I, I love you to death, just like somebody that I grew up with my entire life. And I'm so happy that you've gotten that opportunity and you're able to do that with the Washington Commanders. So when you say, hey, you know, Bucks play it at four, Commanders play at one, I can't do that. No problem, man. I, I'm so excited to see where we started together, essentially, to what this has become. It's it's awesome. So the the pleasure is all mine. I I, I do appreciate the kind words, but yeah. that's the joy of us being co-hosts is that we can we can do things like that and trust the other one to take care of it just like you're gonna be you know on with evan when i normally am on a wtsp wednesday because i have things going on it's it's fantastic that we could work together like that and and i'm really excited to see uh continue to see your commander's coverage while still getting to cover the bucks with you so absolutely well and what real quick one last shout out to all the bucks fans because I'm, I'm not gonna lie i really expect to get a little <laughs> bit of hate this year from bucks fans for it but honestly you guys have been great and i and i greatly appreciate because the way i look at it is i've always had a full-time job guys doing locked on bucks bucks nation bucks game day whatever it is now it's the same it's just a different kind of full-time job so uh appreciate all of you guys as well and it's been a great season hanging out with you all. And for those of you who let us into your homes, your drives, your businesses, uh, wherever it is you listen or watch us, uh, you know, greatly appreciate all of you. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're, the season didn't end the way that we all wanted it to, right? But we are going to have some fun with all of you moving into the offseason, talking about what the Bucks can do, what we think the Bucks will do, what we think they should do, and really breaking it all down. And, you know, it's it's funny when things are going great, you know, that's fine. But when things are going bad, you guys come to us to have us tell you why we think everything is going to be okay. And that's exactly what we're going to do. The Bucks are still an incredibly talented team. Just didn't have very good luck this year. But doesn't mean that they're going to go anywhere. Evan Klosky of 10 Tampa Bay is going to be jumping on with David tomorrow to give his thoughts on the end of the season and moving into the offseason. But we want to thank all of you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view of the day. Now for your second lesson, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check me out over at BucksNation.com. And of course, follow everything on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at e. Harrison 82 Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.